What's good, everybody, man? This is your guy, Manny, and this is the Talking Sports with Manny channel. Whether you're watching on Newsbreak, whether you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, it's all love, man. I appreciate you guys tuning in. I'm going to run my intro. Before I run my intro, this is the first episode for the Back Row Washington Commander Show. Actually, the Back Row Commander Show. I'm excited for this first episode. Um, a lot's been going on. I've been, you know, focused on family. So that's why I've not been able to provide a lot of, um, you know, content for you guys. Uh, so I'm excited. Uh, it's going to be a fun episode. On this episode, I'm going to be breaking down the season that was, um, like as promised. But this is a super, super late episode. I was supposed to have dropped this video like two weeks ago, but, you know, Y'all just have mercy on me. So, yeah, man, we're going to be talking about the season that was. We're going to talk about numbers, stats, games, expectations, uh, um, things that made us happy, mad, sad, angry. You know, those are all the things that come with being a Washington fan. So without further ado, here's the intro. This is going to be a super, super short episode. So if you're driving to work, sorry, this is not going to be a long episode. But we're going to get to every single topic. Let's talk about Washington football. Let's talk about who performed well. So we look at Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke was a guy that, you know, performed well prior into this uh, this, uh, this past season when he played versus the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the playoffs, right? He played really, really good. So when you look at Taylor Heineke, he does not get paid a lot of money. Okay, I consider Taylor Heineke one of the best backup quarterbacks in the NFL, if not the best backup quarterback in the, in the NFL. Um, he gave you 3,000 yards, 419 yards passing. He gave you 20 touchdowns. You know, Granted, he had a lot of interceptions, which I'm going to get to, but there were some games that Taylor Heineke was able to save the day and with Taylor Heineke, he is what he is. He plays with heart. Um, you know, he kind of like zeroes in on where he's going to go with the ball. And with the limited weapons that Taylor Heineke had, 20 touchdowns is not bad. Now, what is bad is the 15 interceptions. He's a gunslinger that doesn't have a gunslinging arm, if that makes any sense. So when you look at Taylor Heineke, you know, he gave me 3,400 yards, almost 3,500 yards. And mind you, um, he played in 16 games you know, came in that uh, came into that game inside that first game when um, Ryan Fitzpatrick got hurt after playing like what a few minutes. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick had like 13 yards and then he was done, like to, to, to never be seen again as the Washington quarterback. So, we're going to talk about some, some acquisitions that were good, some were not good. But then, when you look at the stats and the numbers, it's gonna, it's gonna shock you, it's gonna confuse you because there were some players that. Fans were not happy about, including Taylor. But when you look at the numbers, based off what, what we paid for Taylor Heineke, he was productive. It wasn't the best, but he was productive. We're going to go through each game. We're going to go through games where we look like we can do something and, and games where we just look so, so bad. Shout out to Antonio Gibson with his first 1,000-yard rushing season. He had 1,000 yards in 37 yards rushing. Terry McLaurin had 1,053 yards receiving. Cole Holcomb led us with 
142 tackles. Shout out to Cole Holcomb. The, the whole linebacking core was a mess. And I'll be having another episode just dealing with the linebacker, with, with, with the linebacker situation. Um, you look at Bobby McCain. He led us with interceptions before. And that's one of those acquisitions that when we got him, you know, he was getting burned. He was getting toasted. A lot of, it was a lot of drama around Bobby McCain that I'm not going to get into on this particular episode, but he did lead us with four interceptions. Now, let's break down uh, some some of the other numbers out there. Outside of Antonio Gibson, the next leading rusher was Taylor Heineke with 313 yards rushing, and then he also had one rushing score. The running game was terrible. You know, we didn't get much out of Jared Patterson, but he didn't play much. When he did play, he he I mean he played okay. He was averaging 3.9 yards per carry. So that's not bad. That's not bad at all. Um JD McKissick, you know, very sporadic here and there as a as a runner, but more effective as a passer. I mean as a as a receiving uh, a threat. DeAndre Carter pitched in. There should be no reason why DeAndre Carter is getting 17 carries. I mean he was productive with those 17 carries, but it just goes to show you how terrible the run game really was. Let's say, for example, that Antonio Gibson gets hurt. I mean, he was hurt. He played all 16 games, even with injury. But the biggest knock on Antonio Gibson this season was that he had five fumbles, and he lost three of them. I mean, the guy was putting the ball on the ground. Like, Antonio Gibson was – Somebody who seemed like they didn't want nice things, you give him a gift and he'll just throw it into the trash. That's all he was doing, fumbling the ball. And when, and when, and when he wasn't fumbling the ball, he played well or he didn't play so well. Um, I mean, the one thing I can say about Antonio Gibson this season was that he was able to expand his game in terms of being a wide receiver this season. I'm going to get into those numbers. Antonio Gibson had 42 receptions for – 294 yards and three scores. So I, I love that from Antonio Gibson. He had almost 1,400 yards from scrimmage. Um, and also, he was able to be productive in terms of scoring the ball. He, I mean, he, he had 10 touchdowns total this year. Last year, he obviously had more rushing touchdowns. But another productive season for Antonio Gibson. But what I would like for the team to do is to go ahead and grab another running back that can get those tough yards. He struggled when it came to forking ones and, and things of that nature. He was not hitting the holes like he's supposed to. Even though he's a big back, we have to remember, it's going to take him time to really grasp that running back position. Um, shout out to Terry McLaurin once again, 1,000 yards. Our next best wide receiver was J.D. McKissick, a running back. That's terrible. Adam Humphreys was next. Um, then uh, Carter, I mean, the pass game was just pedestrian. The pass game was terrible. So for Taylor Heineke to do what he did with this group, you know, Adam Humphreys, J.D. McKissick missed a lot of games, and that was like a big part of your offense. He only played 11 games. So what, what were we doing in those other six games that J.D. McKissick did not play? You know, I mean – it was bad. It was bad. Uh, you know, Ricky Seals pitched in where he could. John Bates pitched in where he could. Cam Sims, Logan Thomas, we got him. He was gone. We got him. He was gone. I mean, we didn't know what we had. We, don't, we still don't know what we have in Dayami Brown because Taylor Heineke is not a guy that can get the ball to Dayami Brown. He's a deep threat. We need somebody who can, you know, throw the ball and expand, you know, 
the field. And I mean, this receiving core, when you look at it, you got tight ends, Ricky Seals, John Bates, who I loved, who really stepped up, Logan Thomas. Some question marks there. Uh, maybe Ricky Seals doesn't come back next season. At the wide receiver position, you have Terry McLaurin, Adam Humphreys, DeAndre Carter, Cam Sims, who did not play much. So you don't know what you have. So this is going to be another year that we're looking for another wide receiver, and the cheapest way to do it is through the draft. I don't want to get too ahead of myself on what my plans are for the draft just yet, but um, when you look at the tackles, you had Cole Holcomb, who really held it down for us as a linebacker. He had two interceptions. I mean, he had a touchdown um, score. He had uh, 142 tackles. He had a sack. He was all over the place. And Cole Holcomb was really, really, really good for us. Cole Holcomb is a really, really good starter. I don't see star potential out of Cole Holcomb, but he's a very, very serviceable starter. Very, very, um, I'll say above average player. He's above average or a little bit above average. Um, Cameron Curl, he played great. And mind you, he played a limited role to where they're moving them all over the place. They didn't really didn't even know where they wanted to, to, to have Cam Curl play. One thing that I did not realize about Cam Curl this season, oh, I, was, I was looking at, at the numbers wrong. I, I was like five sacks. No, Cam Curl had a sack this year. Um, he had no interceptions. You know, he played a lot of Buffalo nickel. He played a lot of linebacker. He played a lot of uh, strong safety. So he was always around the box for us and, you know, making plays. He played 16 out of the 17 games, which is good. Um, he had 99 tackles. Solid. It doesn't get any better than that. Cam Cameron Curl is a guy that I can see ascending towards starter. I can see him as a star in this league. Um, hopefully next season he takes another big jump. Um, we don't know what happens with Landon Collins. Maybe he leaves, maybe he stays. But in the games that Landon Collins was healthy, which was 13 games, he had 81 tackles in 13 games. That's production. That's solid. He played a lot of linebacker for us, and he did really, really good. He also had three sacks. He had two interceptions. I mean, Landon Collins was great for us last season. Say what you want to say about Landon Collins. He was great. Now, we look at Kendall Fuller, who had some good moments, had some bad moments. Um, you know, he had 77 tackles. So we had a lot of tackles because we couldn't really guard a lot of people. We couldn't really cover a lot of people. So that resulted to us making a lot of tackles. Jamin Day was a guy that a lot of people were mad at. You know, we drafted him to be a middle linebacker, and that's not what he does. He's an outside linebacker. I think he would play. He would flourish as a will. Um, but we'll see what happens with Jamie Davis, maybe we draft another one this year. We, like, we don't know. Maybe we pick up somebody in the draft or even free agency that can come in and be a middle linebacker. That's the biggest need for the Washington football team right now. But Jamie Davis, when you put him out in space, he showed some flash. He did some things. He had a sack this year. Um, he had uh, 76 tackles. So, he, I mean, he was, you know, fifth in tackles on the team, which isn't bad. He played 16 out of the 17 games. Um, it just is what it is. It just is what it is when, when you're talking about Jamin Davis. Hopefully he takes another step next year. People are writing him off. People are calling him a bust. But I remember people calling Montez Sweater bust his first year. So let's see what happens moving forward into year two. Um, Jonathan Allen was amazing this season. He played the best football I've ever seen him play. And I'm glad that the team was able to pay him because he deserved every single dollar that he got. Nine tackles. I mean, sorry, nine sacks. 
He had 61 tackles. I mean, he had pressures out this world. He had tackles for loss out this world. I mean, the guy was phenomenal. Outside of Aaron Donald, Deron Payne was the next best thing. That's just how I feel about that situation. Uh, Deron Payne, you know, he showed some flash here and there, but he's a guy that we need to figure out what are we doing with Deron Payne? Is he going to be back next season? Does he, does he go into a piece that you trade for a quarterback? Um, is he part of the plan uh, between him and Sweat? Possibly you can only keep one, but we'll see what happens. You know, obviously this year we lost Chase Young and we lost Montez Sweat. Montez Sweat did end up with five sacks this year. Um, I, I felt like he could have had more, um, but, you know, with injuries and the tragic situation that happened with his family, just a lot that happened, man. You know, Jeremy, Jeremy Reeves, same thing. Uh, I mean, just a lot of things happened to this team emotionally, physically, mentally. So hopefully the team comes back stronger next year. But, yeah, when you look at, you know, like let's look at the interception side of the ball. Nana Collins had two. Cole Holcomb had two. Bobby McCain, love him, hate him. He had four. I think the team improves from Bobby McCain next year. Maybe they bring him back on a one-year deal while adding another safety, being that we don't know what we're going to do about the safety position, and we need that long-rangey, free-safety kind of guy. William Jackson the third was a disappointment. Um, he only played 12 out of the 17 games. He had two interceptions. Um, he's not really an interception kind of guy. He's a lockdown guy. Played a lot of zone, put the guy in the in the best fit, best situation, which is man to man. Benjamin St. Juice had a lot of good promise, and then you know he got hurt. You know he had the concussion, so let's see if he can bounce back from that. Tory McTyre was another guy that I liked, so we need to rebuild the secondary, especially adding another corner as well as adding a rangy safety. Um, when you look at the special teams, DeAndre Carter was amazing. He should have been a uh, should have been a uh, Pro Bowl. But, you know, it is what it is. Joey Sly, I think we can build off of him when he did play, which was six games. Uh, he was 12 for 12 from the uh, from the field. Uh, he was one for one from the 50-yard field goals or more. So he's definitely a piece that you want to have. He kicked uh, his extra points fairly well, uh, 9 out of 10, 90%. But, yeah, he was nearly perfect for us. So I'm looking forward to the season next year. But I'm going to kind of go through some games and, Let's talk about the, the roller coaster that went down for this team. So the first game of the season, we're playing the Chargers, and everybody's excited because it's a Sunday game. I believe it was like a later game, and we lost that game, 20-16. to 16. If you remember, it was Antonio Gibson who fumbled that gave, you know, the ball to the Chargers, and they were able to win this game. I mean, we limit these guys to 20 points. Outside that touchdown that they got, really, you can say, you can say 13 points or 14 points, but – you know, it is what it is. Um, I felt that was a winnable game. Had we won that game, it really could have changed the outcome of this season. The Giants game, that was a game I went to sports bar to watch this game, and I was excited because it was a Sunday and then a Thursday game. And if you bought tickets to both games, being from out of town, you had fun Sunday through Friday or however long you stayed. We won that game. It was an exciting game. Dustin Hopkins missed the field goal. He comes back, kicks a field goal. Taylor Heineke played unbelievable, hitting Ricky Seals-Jones. I mean, that was a game. And now you're thinking, okay, at one and one, we might be on to something. We, you know, this, this might be the year that we actually make some noise. 
We're thinking that Taylor Heineke is a franchise quarterback at this point. Everybody's excited. Nothing can go wrong, right? The very next week, we played the Buffalo Bills. And this was the game where they demolished the football team. They came at us, defensive pressure. We couldn't stop Josh Allen. He goes off. On top of that, I mean, we had one splash play out of Antonio Gibson when it was a screen pass, and he runs for 73 yards. I mean, that, you know. Outside of that, we didn't do anything. And then we saw that Taylor Heineke is a quarterback that cannot bring you back in terms of being down by a lot, being down by more than two touchdowns. I don't think Taylor Heineke brings you back, even though we've seen some comebacks from Taylor Heineke. But then it's against New Yorker talent like the Giants. So we lost that game um, at Buffalo. It was tough. Then we go to the Falcons. And then at this point, we're one and two. I'm like, we got to beat the Falcons. If you can't beat the Falcons, the season is over. And I know it's week four, but I'm like, the season is over. We play the Falcons. We play really, really good. J.D. McKissick had that amazing, amazing touchdown. He also had an amazing play versus that Giants game as well. We beat the Falcons, and uh, Terry, you know, caught that ball. Taylor Heineke played his heart out. And that's kind of like when you see Terry having fun. That Giants game and that Falcons game, Terry was, like, unstoppable. And it's kind of showing you what Terry can be, but – it's hard to be that when, you know, I think we lost Logan Thomas in one of those games. And, you know, you don't really have a wide receiver, too. You have a quarterback who's limited. You have a quarterback that can do a lot of things. So it's like at this point, we're two and two. I'm excited because we're 500 after four weeks. But then it's kind of like, okay, we're going to play the Saints. We're playing the Saints and we're playing well. And then that, that play before halftime happened. And that just kind of just drained all the energy I had at this point. You know, we lose to the Saints. A very winnable game. Jameis Winston is looking like, you know, Aaron Rodgers out there. And, you know, that happens. We lose, right? Then the very next game, we play the Kansas City Chiefs. That first half, Washington played really, really good. And mind you, the Chiefs were struggling. The Chiefs have been struggling all season up until that point. They end up beating us 13 to 10. 31 to, uh, sorry, 31 to 13. I'm like, come on, man. Come on, man. You know, it is what it is there. You're not expecting to beat the Chiefs, right? You lose to the Chiefs. The very next game, you play the Packers. Another winnable game. Another game where they put together some, you know, some some plays defensively. And I really felt we got after Aaron Rodgers. I really felt we could have won that game. Uh, it was a player or two that just kind of just flipped the whole game. Uh, that was a game where Taylor Heineke ran. Instead of diving into the end zone, he slid into the end zone then they don't give him that touchdown. And I believe it was a game that it was like fourth and one or or, or on fourth down, we went for it a lot instead of, you know, kicking field goals. So it was that debate on if you kick field goals, you win the game. But if you go for touchdowns, is that being aggressive to, you know, try to try to win? So that was a game that I felt was winnable. We lost. I mean, it's the Green Bay Packers. It's Lambo, You know, and then Taylor Heineke jumping into – into the, you know, doing like the whole Lambo leap. I didn't like that, but it is what it is. Then you go to the next game versus the Broncos at Denver. And this is a game that we should have won because up until that point, I believe the Broncos were, were like a 500 team. They were going back and forth. I believe the Broncos were four and three and four at that time. And I'm like, yeah, the Broncos are not that good. Teddy Bridgewater, whatever. We played a good game defensively. Um, but we just could not stop them. They were able to beat a 17 and 10. So when you go back and look at these four losses, we scored 22 versus the Saints. We scored 13 versus the Chiefs. We scored 10 versus the Packers. We scored 10 versus the Broncos. Now it's the Taylor Heineke sucks narrative, right? Rightfully so. I mean, 
We can't we can't put up points. Three weeks in a row, we had 13 or less points. That's unacceptable. Outside of that blowout game versus the Bills, and then you know, beating the Falcons, who are terrible, we couldn't really score the ball. So at this point, I believe the team is two and four. Um, the team is really, really, really bad. No, it's two and six. The team is two and six at this point. Um, to be honest, I, I'm like, the season is over. I'm like, you know what? Lose out the rest of the game. Let's go ahead and get a, a top five draft pick. That's how I felt about the whole situation. And at this point, I think, I believe I stopped doing podcasts and stuff. I believe I believe I stopped doing everything when it pertains to, you know, winning, you know, having fun doing podcasts. Because as a fan, you know, I'm not getting paid for it. So as a fan, I can't do these podcasts when we're not winning. I should be consistent. But at the same time, it was like it wasn't fun at all. So we end up going on a four-game win streak to improve our record to six and six. I was shocked. We beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers by a last drive that lasted over 10 minutes. Taylor Heineke was unbelievable. We beat the Buccaneers 29 and 19. Not only did we shut down the Buccaneers, we were able to put up points on the Buccaneers. That was the most beautiful game that I've been able to see as a Washington football fan. Remember, it was two years. And prior to beating the, the, the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers, this was probably either the best or the second best win for the Washington football team at that time. We go ahead and we play the Panthers. I'm like, you got to beat the Panthers. With the whole Ron Rivera thing, we go ahead and we beat them, you know, 27 to 21. I'm like, okay, okay. Then we go ahead and we play Seattle. Mind you, Russell Wilson just came back, but we all knew that Russell Wilson was not 100%. And this is at home. We beat them 17 to 15. They had a chance to tie the game with a two-point conversion. I'm glad that it fell short. We ended up getting that victory. Everybody's excited again. We're like one game away from being 500. The next game was the uh, uh, Vegas Raiders at Vegas. And to me, Vegas was a good team all year. What happened in this game was a defensive struggle. We were able to put together enough drives or enough scoring plays to, you know, win this game. We won this game 17 to 15. So two weeks in a row of winning 17 to 15. At this point, we're six and six. I'm talking my talk. I'm walking my walk. I'm excited. Everybody's excited. I'm back to podcasting again. Everybody's back to content creating and doing this and that. And then we go on another four game losing streak. It's over. At this point, it's over. You lose to the Cowboys, which we should have won that game at home. It was 27 to 20. I don't want to get into the ins and outs of that game, but that was a game that we were supposed to win. Matter of fact, we started coming back in this game with all of our quarterback issues and COVID this, COVID that, this person here, that person there. I mean, it was just a mess this season with, you know, practice squad quarterbacks and just all this mess. We almost won that game. We almost came back. We lost the game 27 to 20. And that was a game where Dallas led by maybe 27 to 3 or something. They had a huge lead. I can't remember how they started the game, but they had a huge lead. Washington came all the way back to make this a respectable game. Then we lose to the Eagles at the Eagles, a game that I felt like we should have won. And that's when, you know, the team was carrying their benches from, from stadium to stadium, which was dumb. Don't carry your benches from stadium to stadium, and then you come out and you're taking L's and L's and L's. So after losing to the Eagles, we go back to Dallas, and yeah, this game was a bloodbath. Like we had like literally no players. We had practice squad players. We had G League players. We had players that had the kind of skill set that I have, which is not much. 
Uh, we lost that game 56 to 14, and that possibly could have been one of the worst losses that I've ever experienced being a Washington football fan. This loss was worse than the loss earlier this year to the Bills. I mean, 56 to 14, they beat us in every single aspect of the game. It was really nothing that we can do. Um, then we play the Eagles again, and at this point, it's like, who do we have? Who don't we have? Like, pretty much the season is lost at this point. And we lost that game 20 to 16. And in the final game of the year, it was at the Giants. The Giants really didn't want to win this game. Neither, neither did Washington. One of the trash two teams had to win this game in week 18. And Washington came out victorious with a um, 22 to 7 uh, score. Like I said, terrible season. We ended up what? Seven and seven and ten ended up third in the NFC behind the nine and eight Eagles. That nine and eight record was very attainable for the Washington football team. We lost two games or three games, and we were not supposed to lose whatsoever. Um, it was tough, not gonna lie. Playing the NFC East five out of the last uh games was tough. It was tough. I mean, you're playing the Dallas Cowboys twice, everybody brags about Dallas and their 12 and five record. They beat a lot of bum teams. They might have swept the entire NFC East. So if you have 12 wins and six of those came out of the NFC East, the NFC least, what does that say about the other six wins that you got? So obviously wins and playoffs, loss, but we're not here to talk about Dallas. We're just here to talk about how uh, um, trash the Dallas Cowboys are. They think that, that, that you know they're so great, but they're not. So this is a season that was – this is a roller coaster. I mean, it was a roller coaster season. I've never been a, a part of, you know, as a fan, I've never been part of a team or a season where you lose four games straight, you win four games straight, and you lose four games straight. That's an emotional roller coaster because you're thinking you're out of it and you're back in it, and now you're really, really out of it. But then you, but then you win that last game. It didn't matter. You didn't want to win that last game, but you win the last game. It doesn't matter, I and mean, it kind of hurts your your draft position. I would have been better off with the team putting in all their young players, putting in guys that they haven't really seen, treat it as a preseason game. Yeah, you play to win because that's what they're going to do, but you give an opportunity to all the young guys. That's what you should have done. That's what the Giants were able to do, and they improved themselves into having a better draft position. They have, like, two draft picks in the top ten. That's beautiful. I wish – Washington would have been in the top 10, but then winning that game knocked us out of the top 10. So we're picking at 11. It's going to be an interesting draft. It's going to be an interesting season. There's tons of players that I'm looking at. But like I said, this is not one of those episodes where I'm talking about the plan. But there's a lot that can happen between now and the regular season. I'm here for it. Questions like, is Landon Collins coming back? Is Robbie McCain coming back? What happens with, with Deron Payne? Does the Washington football team find its franchise quarterback all these questions will be answered on the next episode of dragon ball z nah just kidding um but yeah appreciate you guys tuning in once again this is the talking sports with manny channel please like please subscribe and please share and you're listening to the back row commander show i will catch you guys on the next episode on the out